There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to Benched with Bubba. This is episode 11. Uh, I am your host once again, Bubba. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. Uh, you can find us at the Sports Degens, thesportsdegens.com. I am joined by one of my more regular guests, Doc. You can find him on Twitter at the positive underscore Vig. Uh, does lots of great work on uh, the Sports Degens and lots of great work on Twitter as usual. Doc, how are we doing today? Hello, hello. Great having you, Doc. Always great having you. Uh, your Doc's Dogs weekly segment has been great all season long in college football, NFL, your UFC work. Everything you do is great. Uh, you've been doing actually successfully great as well on that stuff. Uh, people should be enjoying it. And um, the, uh, the the bench with Bubba stuff's fun. But uh, more importantly, how was your, uh, your Thanksgiving weekend? I know you had some company in town. Um, how have things been going? Uh, good, man. Mom was in town, um, and I uh, got to spend some quality time with her, um, watch some football. Um, had a so-so week in college, hit a nice UFC dog in Whitaker, and then um, NFL, I really did really, really well. Um, and then to top it all off, I took my mom to a winery, and they had a nice single malt whiskey also, which was very, very nice, and um, – uh, yeah, so uh, it was a great, great Thanksgiving weekend with family and friends and stuff. It was cool. Great to hear. Great to hear. Uh, speaking of the Thanksgiving weekend, it was one of the more uh, banana sports weekends we've had in a while. Kicked it off with the you know the normal Thanksgiving football. Dallas Cowboys stay red hot. Um, obviously, we saw them play last night as well uh, against the Vikings and held on thanks to one of the worst two point conversion plays I've ever seen. But um, some may say conspiracy because, you know, Sam Bradford did get nailed in the head and uh, got the Cam Newton treatment on roughing the passer there. But yep. um, but uh, Cowboys survived. That's what they call it, survive in advance, 11 in a row. Mm-hmm. But uh, they stayed hot on Thanksgiving. And Michael Irvin, he did say it Sunday morning on the countdown show that he was watching them live. And if they can get home field, which with last night's wins looking stronger and stronger – he doesn't see a team that can beat them in their backyard. Um, what do you, we'll, we'll get into it more, but uh, NFL wise on that Thanksgiving Thursday, what did you get any big takeaways from there? Cause the Colts game, you couldn't really say much with no Andrew Luck. That's just tough. Uh, yep. And Antonio Brown was fucking crazy. The early game sucked. Uh, in my opinion, it was a defensive battle, but I, 
that was kind of boring. But that Redskins Cowboy game, that was entertaining. Um, anything you took out of that Thanksgiving NFL Thursday? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, the, the the first game kind of sucked, and then um, the Cowboys Washington game was pretty entertaining. Um, I you know I'm uh, I'm not a big Redskins fan, <laughs> and actually my my wife's uh, family was up. They live in Maryland, and um, I was kind of shitting on the Redskins a little bit, and um, <laughs> they didn't like that too much because they're Redskins fans. But you know what? I give credit, man. Um, Dan Snyder finally uh, – he finally got it right, and he, they have a franchise quarterback in Cousins who I think is um, – I'm, I'm actually – I'm actually entertained by the Redskins. I don't hate him as much. And I think Jay Gruden is a excellent coach. And uh, I think the way he set the tone with RG three going in there and kind of just saying, yeah, you're just not going to fit my offense. Kind of, I didn't like how he's throwing him under the bus in the, in the press conferences like last year, but um, Gruden's a solid coach, man. And that team matches up very well with Dallas. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. And then Pittsburgh, Colts. I mean, Colts without luck. That's I, I think. I think the Colts just are a, a freaking dumpster fire. That they yeah. they just don't get it, man. Grigson is the, probably one of the worst GMs. Um, I like the Jets <laughs> Monday night. I think they're gonna beat up beat beat them up in the trenches. And yeah, so. Yeah, no, um, and I'll clarify for people. We made this outline because intentionally we were taping this on Tuesday, and then thanks to you know the technology of Google and YouTube combining, they 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 fucked us in the ass. And uh, so we're they're recording us on Friday, so some things aren't where they are, but all in all, it's going to work out. But um, yeah, the um, the Redskins. I was big on them, and I told people, don't be surprised. I thought this was the Cowboys' biggest challenge of their streak. Yep. And because the thing with the Redskins is they don't play defense, which neither do the Cowboys. And the Reds, the Redskins can play offense. They just sling it around. That's what Cousins does. And um, I, I'm a big Cousins guy, but then all I hear is Cousins is horrible, Cousins is horrible. And then I see him put up numbers. But then I started reading stuff, and I'm starting to see why people say he's horrible. I'm starting to get it now. Yeah. And I, I get the argument now. He's horrible because he – the reason he gets his numbers is he puts his team in these positions. Well, and now, now I get it. Uh, but that could be a whole other story for a whole other day because we have a lot to talk about, and we'll get there. But one last thing I want to mention on the Colts thing. If there's any ounce of integrity and a heart in any part of that front office – they should do the decent thing and put Andrew Luck somewhere else, let him go because they are wasting one of the best quarterback talents on the face of the planet. And people are going to forget how good he actually is because they are already, they are already forgetting how good he actually is because there are rumblings on certain places that you will listen to. And these days, there are already people saying he's a bad quarterback and it's a shame because he's not. And people are forgetting how good he actually is. He yeah. is on a bad, bad football team. People. Like really, t- t- people need to really slow their roll and remember how good he actually is. Yeah, uh, like last year when they played the Jets, and I I love the Jets because in the trenches, 
you can have, and I've said this many times, you can have all the skill positions you want, but if you, you're not competitive in the trenches, you're, you're not just not going to get the job done. Yep. So. Yep. It's a, uh, it's a shame. And, uh, He's going to, yeah, it's a shame. But like I said, we could talk about that for a whole other day. But the main meat and potatoes of this podcast, we'll get to some NFL and some other stuff later. But we got a lot of awesome college football stuff to talk about. And first and foremost, before we get into this weekend, we got some stuff from last weekend. But let's get into some insane. We, we knew some of this was coming, but it came at us hot and heavy. The coaching carousel has begun. Coach O like a scene out of the water boy coach O has got his job. I'm waiting for him to start flicking his, his nipples and alligators <laughs> are coming out. Like, I don't know how the memes haven't been there where he's, he's got overalls and it's going. Cause when you hear him talking, you're just ready for, you need a translator half the time, yeah. but he is amazing. I, I was happy for him. I feel horrible for him at the same time because it is literally – they took the interim tag off of him, but it might as well still be on him because it is literally the shortest leash in the history of brand-new head coaches you'll ever have. Yeah. It is – literally, he is there just until they find the next big hire. That's all he's there for. Yeah. Um, they couldn't find the next guy. And then Tom Herman basically told them no, so Coach O could go there. Um, Coach O got the job. I, I would love to see the notebook he brought in. He brought a binder in detailing his plans to success at LSU. I would love to see this binder. If people don't know the history of Coach O, look it up. The guy is just amazing, bringing, bringing ropes with knots tied into them, his inspirational speeches. Just look up Coach O, banging the drums up and down lockers. This guy is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, look up Coach O. Like I said, Tom Herman went to Texas, brought a lot of his Houston guys with him. Um, but more importantly, I don't even know where you're going with this. I am all ears. I am on bated breath. You have a conspiracy theory that goes with the coaching carousel. It's all yours, Doc. What do you got? Okay. This is – I'm surprised this isn't like more – people aren't talking about this more. And it actually came up on my phone um, – like the night after we were, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, it came on my phone that Houston's like really, really pissed. And I would be, if I were Houston, I'd be pissed too. But um, let's go back a bit in time to when Eric Dickerson was being recruited um, out of Sealy, Texas. And I'm going to play this little clip from um, the 30 for 30 Pony Excess, which is by far my, th- my favorite 30 for 30 uh, ever. And um this is Eric Dickerson when he was talking about Texas. When it comes to recruiting, coaches can be real nasty. The University of Texas came to my house. The recruiter tells me, if you consider going out of the state of Texas, he said, when you come out of college, we can make sure you don't get a job in the state of Texas. I thought he was joking. And he, and he said, I'm serious. I told him, yeah, you, man. I said, I'll never go to Texas. I hated Texas from that point There you go. Texas is a bunch of scumbags. And... The reason why they blocked, the reason why Houston did not get into the Big 12 is because of Texas. Because Texas, first of all, um, I actually mentioned it on my last pod with, um, with uh, Chris, that Charlie Strong got a raw deal, period. He was pretty much up against it from day one. And the boosters didn't want him there. And I kind of feel bad for him, in a sense, but 
in a sense, I don't because he's getting what ten million dollars. Well, That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but Houston wanted Tom. Uh, I'm sorry, Texas wanted Tom Herman from the get go last year, mm-hmm. and he's he's he was at Houston. Houston wanted in the Big Twelve. The only reason why Houston get into the didn't get into the Big Twelve is because of Texas because they wanted Herman. So. And then they deny Houston to uh, they deny Houston to get into the conference, and then Texas says, "All right, we're going to take your head coach too." That's bullshit, man. I hate Texas. Texas is just, man. You know, I'm with Eric Dickerson, man. I hate Texas. That's yeah. another reason to hate him because they just think they're all high and mighty and whatever. And I, I, I just wish. Somebody would have just stepped up and been like, "No, if, if Houston were to go, were, if Houston was going into the Big Twelve, Herman wouldn't have left." No, not a chance. No way. Not a chance. So fuck Texas. Well, I, I think that's why Herman stayed there next year already. I guarantee you, last year when he had his first big year, you know, they go in and they beat uh, FSU in the uh, who who they beat in their uh, the was it, was it FSU. Florida State. Yeah, yeah, they beat FSU in the Orange Bowl or wherever it was. And then um, there was already rumblings that they were going to be one of the teams making the Big 12 big again. And yep. that probably – that's what kept him in town because he was already one of the big candidates to take Les Miles' job That because Les Miles was already leaving LSU, getting fired last year, and all of a sudden he's coming back. And yeah, should he handled that one. I guarantee you last year, Tom Herman was already out the door going somewhere else. And they're like, oh, no, we're moving to the Big 12. Stick around. Stick around. Because yep. because that a lot of people didn't know who Tom Herman freaking was last year until they started going on the run. Uh, people didn't know Tom Herman was a graduate assistant at uh, Texas. He wants to be in the Big 12. This is what Tom Herman has wanted his whole life. This right. is what this guy has wanted. He wants to be a big program coach. Like, like – they don't understand when he was basically they dangled that carrot in front of him at Houston. We're coming to the Big Twelve. Hang in there one more year. Yeah. Then Texas, like you said, Texas basically says, "Nah, don't do it." But come coach for us, then he can be in the Big Twelve. Right. And I don't think, and and I don't think Shane Bouchelle is actually a really good fit for Tom Herman's system. No. So not at all. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on there. I'm sure. He'll recruit or whatever, and he'll do his thing. But and I'm I I'm sure he'll be successful. But the way they treated Charlie Strong in his tenure there um, was really shitty. And then the way they blocked out, uh, you know, Houston from getting into the Big Twelve just so they can grab Houston's coach is just it's it's plain as day. It's plain as day. Yeah, it's there. It it, it is, and it's it's something that Goldie and I talked about. Uh, a little bit on the last pod and I told him I could go, I could talk hours on college coaching and how, how angry it makes me the way they treat a lot of these guys and in, in the systems and, and how it affects the kids as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, it bugs me because it's so influential by people that don't even, that shouldn't have a goddamn say in it because it's all about the stupid money. Right. And it's like, cause we, we start talking because Goldie's an Iowa guy so we were talking Ferentz and how he could basically coach there his whole life. And it Good. makes sense. And it makes sense though, because why go try to get a big hire when you're just going to be a mediocre school? You're not, you might have a big year once in a while, like last year, but you should be happy with seven or eight wins. 
every once in a while go play in the Capital One Bowl in Orlando and, you know, be happy. Now, Texas, for some god-awful reason, swears they should be Oklahoma or better every year. You know what? Maybe you should be. But every now and then, you might only get nine or ten wins, and that's what you're going to be. You're not going to go undefeated every goddamn year. Vince Young isn't walking through your door. And by the way, if you've heard Vince Young talk, something tells me he probably didn't even pass his goddamn classes. So let's go investigate that thing. Yeah, I – you know, you bring up a really good point, Bubba, is that the fact that you see all these, like, successful programs, like, um, like for instance, let's just take uh, Justin Twintet, for, um, for example, at Virginia Tech. Yeah. The way he embraced that community and the community embraced him. Yep. And they're having a successful year. Um, yep. Urban Meyer, he's from Ohio. The, yep. the, the, I mean, they love him. He loves them. I mean, it's – Look at my back look, – look, look at my team. Stanford. Paul Christ is born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin. Yes. And he, he loves the area. And the, the he coach O born in the, in the hospital in Madison. Right. I think I think I think Coach O will Yes. He loves he loves the area and I I think the area will love him. They 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 love him. I yes. think I think Coach O is going to be great there. And I think that the only the community that embraces their coach and their coach embraces them it just makes the program that much more stable. So the only thing that's going to affect Coach O is if certain boosters speak up. But that's why I think programs like Texas, there's too many boosters that get in the way. There's certain programs yep. where it's just a fucking, it's a disaster, and it, yep. it just, it's just you're you're asking for too much trouble. And I think it's a it's a joke. And I would I was like Notre Dame, I can't stand it. Um, I'm not saying Brian Kelly's done a good job at all. I don't like it, but I just have never liked it. Every coach comes in there, and you only get basically three years. We can't even get a recruiting class in three years. Right. Like, how are you supposed to prove your system works in three years? Yeah. You know what? Also, you know what I, I did catch? Chad Morris from uh, SMU. Like, he's really had that program on the up this year besides, you know, forget about the the, the thrashing that Navy put on him last weekend. Um, but mm-hmm. Baylor – wanted an interview with Morris and Morris said, no, thank you, which good for him, you know, good for him. I hope you bring him back. I really do. Well, yeah, now here's another thing. And this, again, this could take us on a whole nother tangent. Now, Baylor, I'm really curious to see who goes there because that's a disaster. And now we have another disaster on a program on the rise. You have Indiana with all that news yesterday. Yep. That, that program was looking really good as a guy that watches the big 10 a lot like I do. That really came out and shocked me big time because I was impressed. Because you used to be able to go into Indiana and that was like, pick your number. Right. And, and now it's like, really, they spread it out and they might not play defense, but they're going to put up 40 points. Yeah. And, and it was one of those like, it, they might, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and reading some of those reports that came out yesterday, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That was, but, that was surprising stuff there. Yeah, uh, you know what? You, you said my, my team, and I said Stanford. <laughs> I, no. totally, I totally forgot you were a whis- whiskey guy. I, I, my bad. <laughs> oh, oh. Doc. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Now, uh, but yeah, but these coaching, I, I, there, there's going to be a lot more to come still, too. Like, um, we had we had some of those big initial ones, but uh, 
Oregon, they fired, they fired Helfrick. And um, I think they're going to take a little longer. I could be wrong. I think they're going to ideally Kelly would be yep. a dream, a dream come true. And he should really think about it. Uh, the NFL, the NFL is not working for him. And we've seen it, we've seen it in the past. It's just like the NBA. It doesn't work for some of these coaches. It just doesn't. Right. Um, that could be good. If not, I think it'd be a real interesting move for them to try uh, Eastern Washington's coach. He's on the verge of possibly winning the old one double A, the FBS uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Be a good move for him. Good lateral move right there in their own backyard. Yeah. But uh, other than that, we'll see some more PJ Fleck. I pray to God he does not take Purdue. Oh, please, please don't hold out. Hold out. You're such a good commodity. Wait for something next year. You're better off staying at Western Michigan another year than going like do what Shaka Smart did at VCU and wait a year or two and find that Texas job instead yeah. of instead of going to Purdue. Just wait. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I totally agree. But all right, we can sit all day on this, but uh, let's keep on moving. We can't get on to the, to, to the big stuff just yet. We have to talk the big game that took place over Thanksgiving weekend. Michigan, Ohio State. It was not a big points affair, but it was one of the best football games I have watched in a long, long time. Yeah, it was a good one. Hard-hitting, great football. Sure, there was turnovers. It might have been a little sloppy at times. Not the best quarterback play, but when it came to defense – and it came to two coaches trying to play chess against each other. Urban Meyer putting his balls on the table a couple times because his kicker couldn't kick, which is crazy because his kicker was literally the best kicker in all of college football coming into that game, Seriously. percentage points wise. And that's what was like as a se- he was a senior, right? Yes. Which is like which is even crazier when you start thinking about all this. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, bananas. Yep. And we could just go straight to the end, but I won't. What's your takeaways from that? Uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Um, instant classic. Uh, I've seen a lot of the YouTube videos going around of how the uh, refereeing crew was from – we're all Buckeye fans. And um, I don't know. I'm not really going to buy into that. Um, I I agreed with the spot. I thought he got a first down. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's – it's weird. Big Ten's like so competitive this year. It's the fact that they're, I mean, it's by far the toughest conference in the country and the Big Ten champion might not even get into the final four, which is weird, but um, which I think, you know, that game is going to be ridiculous, but um, it was a great game. Like that's college football, man. And, and, Harbaugh, yeah, I, I understand he has a gripe and he should have a gripe and gripe if you want, but you know, I'm fine with Ohio State. I'm like a I got family in Columbus, so you know, I'm I don't I don't I don't uh I like Urban Meyer. I think I'm a big Urban Meyer fan. Uh but uh yeah. Sorry, Harbaugh. Sorry, Michigan. Hey. <laughs> it was yeah, it was awesome. Um like you said, I I thought he was short, but at the same time, I can't argue with the spot. It you can't overturn it. I understand it. Like in the moment, I was pissed because I hate Ohio State. I hate them. 
Like, but that's just the fan in me coming out. I hate them. Yeah. And like, like knee jerk reaction in the moment. I thought he was short, but you know, you sit back, you look at it, you do this, you do that. Sure. But that's part of being a fan. And that's just, that's just what you do. Right. But um, I understand the, the rules and everything and conclusive evidence, blah, blah, blah. The part that I was mad about literally the replay, he looked inside that thing for less than 10 seconds. I was like in a, in, in something of that magnitude, I've seen worse shit replayed for like 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell is that? But whatever. Um, the part that I laughed at is Harbaugh. Sure. Bitch. All you want. Michigan gave that game away. It there did. was, there was one point where Michigan itself felt like should have been up like four scores. Right. Michigan ran away with that game. If, if Harbaugh wants to bitch at all, you, you bitch at your own locker room. Like, yeah, they gave it away. There is, no reason Ohio State should have been in that game at all. You should have been kneeling on that football with like three minutes to go if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. That that's 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 the that's the big picture there. Like that's what he should really be looking at. Yeah, with a team like Ohio State, they're a team that you have to step on their throat. Like if you want them, like you got to keep putting the pedal to the metal, and they didn't do it. So, yep, it is what it is. But but that was awesome. And uh, and as much as I hate to say it, because whiskey is in the. Uh, the Big Ten title game, I don't think either one of those teams is going to get into the playoff, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah. um, that was your Big Ten title game right there because the winner of that game is the one in the playoffs, in my opinion. And let's get into that. The college rankings just came out on Tuesday night. The final rankings will come out Sunday after the conference title weekend. Right now they have Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Washington 4, then Michigan 5, Wisconsin 6. Um I think it's going to stay pretty much one, two, three, four is going to stay that way. Do you see anything changing? Um, no, I think I think Penn State has a shot to get in. Um, I'm seeing everybody taking Washington tonight, and I think that Colorado. Um, I think Colorado's got a really legit shot to win the game. I, you know, their their schedule. A lot of people forget that they went into Michigan and almost beat him. And if Lou Fowle wouldn't have gone out, that they might have won that game. Um, Colorado played yep. USC really, really, really tough. And Washington got thoroughly dominated by USC. Um, so Colorado's a solid team, man. And um, they got the 13th best uh, defense in the country. Like, they're tough. So um, if Penn State, Wisconsin – if, if Penn State wins, like, rather impressively, um, they could leapfrog. I could see them leapfrogging. If Whiskey wins and Washington loses, I could see them going in. Um, I could see Clemson slipping up against Virginia Tech. How they're getting – how they're favored by double digits is beyond me, but I'll gladly take those. Thank you. Um, I, 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 I think the rankings are pretty – they're – you know, they are where they should be, but um, it's going to be some chaos this weekend, I have a feeling. Yeah, no. Um, I feel it's going to stay similar, but the chaos theory is definitely alive and well. Um, yeah. Colorado, they're in these latest rankings, they're eighth, and with valid reasons, they're a very, very strong team. They did, like you said, but they went into the big house and they were not scared at all. No. Uh, they hung with them and they hung with them well. They've looked very strong. They just faced now given 
Washington throttled Washington State a lot. They handled it a lot better than I thought they were. Uh, I thought that game was going to be a little tighter than it was, especially for a rivalry game and whatnot. But but, uh, Colorado, that defense is no joke. Neutral field up here, uh, up here in Santa Clara. I, I it, it, the line's already up to eight, and it's juicing like it's going to go higher, which is that, that's just shocking me right now. Uh, yeah. But the but the the money's on the under. I, I'm liking Colorado at least to cover that game. Yeah. Um, let that money keep coming in. I, I I see that being a close game. I just really do, especially first half wise. Um, yeah. If Washington slips up, and um. Basically, what's going to have to happen is that there's going to have to be some style point wins right. to really to mix things up in favor of some of these guys trying to sneak in. Yeah, I mean, if that's that's the way I look at it, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me if like if Wisconsin Penn State is like kind of a pissy game. Yeah, um, I doubt it will be. I think it's going to be a great game, but um, if it's very like lack lackluster and Washington loses, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me for them for the committee to put Ohio state and Michigan two and three, so they can face each other in the playoff. Wouldn't shock me at all. Nope. Not at all. Because that's what makes the money right there. Right. I would like not at all because people forget that a, they're looking for what's going to sell tickets and, and it's going to make people travel. And that's, that's what it is right there. Yep. Set in stone. Clemson. And they're all, they're, all, they're also forgetting that they can make the argument. Well, okay. We'll have Wisconsin or Penn State. The winner is technically the the Big Ten champion, and then Washington or Colorado's winner is technically the Pac-12 champion. Well, we'll just send them to the Rose Bowl because that's the tradition, right? And everyone's a winner. Yeah, and they feel justified. It'll all work itself out, brother. It'll all work itself yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. The sad, the sad part is they all feel justified. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they sleep. That's how that's how money hungry people sleep at night, Doc. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this committee is clueless. Completely. It is, but it's how it works every year. That's why I laugh when the first set of rankings come out and everyone cries. It's like people, <laughs> people this isn't even going to be close. Like literally, throw it at the wall like a pile of shit because it's not going to look even closer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but let's move on to the games. We kind of already talked. Colorado Washington is tonight. Uh, we're only looking at the big games. You also got the MAC tonight. Ohio, Western Michigan, Western Michigan, big big favorites on paper should handle business. Um, but you got Pac-12, Colorado, Washington. You like the Buffs to cover mm-hmm. um, tomorrow. We got Bedlam. Technically, not a Big Twelve title game because they don't have one. They're going to start one next year, I believe. But yeah. in in Bedlam, uh, this is for the Big Twelve title. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma has moved to number nine in the rankings. Oklahoma State, 10th in the rankings. Oklahoma is now 11-point favorites over Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? Um, I take the points with Oklahoma State, personally. Um, Mason Rudolph is, is very under the radar. 25 touchdowns, four interceptions this year. Actually has more yards than uh, Baker Mayfield. And um, the fact, yeah, we'll get to Baker Mayfield later, but uh, yeah, I think I think this is a very close game. Oklahoma has no defense. Um, mm-hmm. I said this uh, on my pod uh, today, this morning, that um, you take out the two red zone fumbles by West Virginia, 
in the pick six, and it's a real close ball game. Um, yeah. West Virginia out outgained them and ran actually ran all over them. Um, and I think I think Oklahoma State can definitely do some damage. And Oklahoma State's defense is pretty decent for big by Big Twelve standards. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think that's a close game. Oklahoma probably wins, but I wouldn't wouldn't shock me to see Oklahoma State win. And and, yeah, don't, no, over. and, the, and the people that say that Oklahoma State should be considered, no, because you got beat by a, a MAC team. Yes, I understand you guys got screwed, but you shouldn't have been shouldn't that, have been that shouldn't have been that close in the first place. So exactly. Yeah, you're at home early in the season. You're not that close. Don't don't. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we move on to the SEC title game, Bama, Florida. Bama, it was on Tuesday. It still is 24-point favorites. I'd be shocked if Florida scores even a touchdown in this game. Yeah. Um, maybe a touchdown if they're lucky just because Bama says they put the fourth string in. I don't know. Do you even see Florida scoring in this game? Um, maybe, maybe defensive touchdown, maybe a special teams touchdown. That's kind of the only way I see it. It's like if Bama fumbles it on like the two. Yeah. I just don't know. I, I don't – I think Bama is going to be – I think Bama is going to take a lead, and then I, I, I don't see Nick Saban running it up on Jim McElwain. Yeah. I think the under the under 41 is phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good bet. I, I, I just don't see Saban running up on McElwain and um, – you know, it's not good. I, I, I would, yeah. That the under is the only play for me. I, I would not bet this game like sidewise. No way. Not, not, not a chance. Not a chance in hell. Okay, now this is the interesting one. And you already kind of briefly mentioned it. And remember, folks, listen to Doc's Dogs. It's coming out today. It's already on Spreaker and iTunes. That's where he really breaks down his plays for the week. We're just cliff notes in it, trying to to BS some stuff. He, uh, he'll he breaks it down with his guest on that one. Um, ACC title game, Clemson, Va Tech, Clemson, 10-point favorites. Uh, you said you like the points with Va Tech. I do, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, first of all, Clemson shouldn't be laying double digits to Virginia Tech. And Clemson, I'm out of the top four teams right now, Clemson's uh, – I, I think Clemson's like the weakest of the bunch. And – um, sorry, Scott Weaver, but he is. But uh, but Clemson is uh, the fighting Scott Weavers, I like to call him. Uh, Virginia Tech's a solid team, man. And um, I think a good example of how focused they are was last week when they had this game on deck and they throttled Virginia. And Virginia is actually a team that got better throughout the year. Um, Virginia, Virginia Tech totally slaughtered North Carolina. Um, I think the loss to Syracuse was kind of a – it was just a bad spot for them. Um, but I think they can take it to Clemson. I, I, I think I think this is a very, very close ball game. I wouldn't shock me to see Virginia Tech win. Clemson's got everything to lose, and Virginia Tech has nothing to lose. Yep. So that's what makes this very intriguing. Vir- Gerard Evans, this is – and I said this uh, when I was talking to Chris earlier that you can make a case now that now that Fuentes is there – this is the most complete team Virginia Tech has had since Michael Vick. Big time. And Gerard Evans is very, very underrated. He's, he, he's a dual-threat quarterback. Um, you know, they always have a solid defense. And 
has Deshaun Watson in big games hasn't really blown me away this year. He really hasn't. I mean, they could have easily lost to Louisville. They should have lost to NC State. They lost to Pitt. I mean, Florida State's was rough. Yeah, Florida State was tough. I I'm just not convinced that Clemson should be a top four team. I'm just sorry, Scott, but because no. last year Clemson they were strong last year. Very. They 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 dominated games last year. This year, like you're saying. The games they won, lot lot closer. Like the coin toss games, they uh, they were they they found heads and they needed heads. Um, yeah. This one now now the ACC, now forgive me for this. The ACC title game in recent years keeps changing locations. Is it in Atlanta now, or is it in uh, or is it in Carolina? I think it's in Charlotte. It is in Charlotte where the Panthers play. Okay. I think. I keep, so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is, in, it is in Charlotte. It is in Charlotte. You're right. Okay, that's one thing I was wondering for a home field wise. Okay, yeah, so that could help Votech as well a little bit there because more more so in their backyard, I guess. But kind of, yeah, it's kind of middle of the road, but more so them. But yeah, though they've looked um, they've looked stronger and stronger as the year goes on, as they get to to know their head coach a little more and take on his identity. I would say, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's only, they're only going to get better, but for this weekend alone, I do like them to uh, to make it interesting. Uh, they, double digits, that's damn, damn intriguing. I think I'll get behind you on that one. Um, yeah, Bok-tack. they're playing in Orlando. Orlando? See, they keep moving it every fucking year. What are they doing? Keep it in Charlotte. Yeah, it's a great – it's the ACC, for Christ's sake. They moved the basketball tournament this year, too. They moved somewhere else. I know Duke's pissed because it used to be in Greenville. <laughs> Right down the fucking road for them. Yeah. I, 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 you see, it was all over the internet. Duke, all of Duke Nation was fucking pissed because it wasn't in their backyard. Prime God River. forbid. Yeah, exactly. God forbid them and their fucking, you know, God, don't get me started on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to the Big Ten title game. Wisconsin, Penn State, six for seven. The Big Ten title game where neither team likely goes to the big dance. This is funny. Um, Wisconsin is now up to a minus three favorite. Uh, was minus two earlier in the week, up to three now. And I tell you, as a Wisconsin fan, I am terrified of this line. Uh, with Defensively, I love this team. Offensively, uh, I hate the fact that every week my guys laugh at me because I'm cussing every fucking week. It's Horny Brooklyn. It's Houston. It's the ultimate truth. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Pick a fucking quarterback. I can't stand it. And <laughs> and 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 they're they're both okay. Neither one's great, and they they have their moments. But just pick a goddamn quarterback. Yeah. And then and then Penn State because Wisconsin's never been known. We had Russell Wilson one year who was phenomenal, but they never had a great quarterback. Just pick a fucking quarterback and hand the ball off. It's what we do. Yeah. Um. But Penn State last week. They've, they've been playing great. Yes. That second half against Michigan State scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I was I was so confident as a Wisconsin fan going, oh, I'll just bring on Penn State. No worries. And then the second half happened, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That, that wasn't the Penn State team I was used to seeing. Yeah. And that's when I, all of a sudden I was like, okay, now we're going to see them inside a dome. This is about to yeah. get real. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to get real. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, – yeah, I'm a little nervous all of a sudden thinking, okay, I can drive to Pasadena if Wisconsin makes it down there. That works for me. 
Yeah. What are you thinking about this game? Because I'm really thinking Penn State plus three is not a bad play. I think I agree. I, um, yeah. I think I, I've actually been looking at this line, and it goes uh, every time it gets to three, there's buyback on Penn State. I don't blame any. I don't blame any. I'd say play the money line personally. Like I'm not even saying that as a scared Wisconsin fan. I'm just being realistic, looking at things. Yeah, I, Penn State is like something. Fierce. They're clicking, man. Yeah, they're good. And you know mm-hmm. what? Good for them. Good for them. It is. Good for them. I. It you know, I I, I. I. I say that because when I drove uh, down to West Virginia one time to visit some family. Um, I went through Happy Valley right after the whole um, Jerry Sandusky thing. And, like, you you drive on that interstate. I forget what interstate it is, but you see Beaver Stadium. And it's like there was literally, like, the whole town. I stopped to get some uh, gas in Happy Valley. And, man, like, the whole mood was, like, super, super somber. And that that was really, really sad. I mean – you know, you see all the jokes and stuff, and yeah, it's, you know, jokes are one thing, but that's like that's sad, man. Sad state mm-hmm. of affairs, and I'm really happy that their that program is you know, like back. It's it's good for college football, and um, yeah. So, um, man, Saquon Barkley's a beast. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. no. I, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. I, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm happy for the program. Like, I always have to word it the right way because you see a lot of people wording these things, and some of it comes out horrifically. Yeah. And some of it comes out like a bunch of assholes. Right. And I don't want to – I'm not I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm not trying to feel sorry for the wrong people. I'm not trying to feel sorry for the right people. None of those things. I'm trying like, like I'm trying to say exactly what you said. Right. Like I'm, I'm happy for because it wasn't you know certain people's fault. There's wrong place, wrong time, and they're taking the punishment for some asshole that did something completely horrible and should be I think should have been killed a long time ago for what he did. Yeah. Like he couldn't even be breathing right now. Right. But you know that's that's out of my control. I have no, I can't do anything about that. It's great that these kids now can bring back what was a great historic program. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and because the rivalries that that program had with schools like Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, so on and so forth, were legendary. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and this will be a game, I think, that definitely puts them in the right path. And another thing that try to take selfishness out. If they beat Wisconsin, hopefully they go, they go to the Rose Bowl because that would be another way to bring them back. Yeah. Because to, to, like I tried to explain to somebody in one of our group chats is the playoffs one thing, but to the Big Ten, the Rose Bowl is almost more than the playoffs. It, yeah. it is It is such – like I've been to it three times now. Yeah. And it's insane. I bet. It is it – is, Everything around it, the tailgates, the is the insides, the bands. It is there's something special. It um, is. I used it, to I used to love watching it with Keith Jackson. Every, yeah. every man, it's 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 it was awesome. And it's why they call it the granddaddy of them all. It is yeah. something. It's special. 
Yeah, and it hasn't lost its luster either. It's still just mm-hmm. an awesome, awesome event. So yeah, but it's gonna be an awesome. Let's let's bring the noise back. It's gonna be awesome. Um, it'll be a fun, fun starts tonight. Pac-12 title game, Maction title game, Maction title game. No matter seventeen point spread, <laughs> you know something stupid's gonna happen. So you might as well tune into that one before you watch the Pac-12 title game. I'm telling you, man, don't count out the fighting, fighting Frank Solich's for Christ's sakes. Yeah, you know he's going to pull some trickery bullshit out of his hat in this one. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Nothing. Right. You might as well go for it. And if all those fails in Michigan, Western Michigan's up like 70, you get to see Joe Flacco's brother. Right. What, what do you have to lose? <laughs> you, get an elite, you get an elite quarterback on a Friday night. Okay, let's move. Our last college topic. Might as well talk Heisman, you know? Yep. Might as well. It's next week and they do the vote, I believe. Uh, Saturday. Um, they got to have it in by Monday. Also, next Saturday, they, they hoist it. Correct. What I saw, thanks to, you know, the only media outlet that matters, ESPN, the – people they think will be the finalists are what they have, I believe, is Lamar Jackson of Louisville, Deshaun Watson of Clemson, D.D. Westbrook of Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma, and Deontay Foreman of Texas. Have you seen anybody else? Jalen Hurts and uh, um, Jabril Peppers. Peppers, yeah. I don't know how I forgot him. Okay. Who are you looking at for your Heisman? Hurts. Yeah. Now, is he a, he's a freshman, isn't he? He's a freshman. And I'm telling you, that guy, and it's not because I have a future on him. Um, oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying. You sound like Canadian bacon. You're about to be pissed because fucking Mookie Betts didn't win the goddamn MVP. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh I I think that Hurts, he's been a consistent performer all year. Um, he's clutch. He basically won the LSU game by himself with the with with the Alabama defense, of course. Um, he's a freshman, undefeated in the SEC. Um, he doesn't have a lot of talent around him on the offense. Um, uh, plays. Uh, the his his caliber of competition when it comes to defenses like the you compare SEC defenses against the ACC defenses like Lamar Jackson I'm sorry but how can you give it to him he no, failed he can't. he's yeah. if he would have yeah. won the Clemson game then give it to him but he didn't win he didn't win the Clemson game he was he he uh he struggled against Kentucky he um he struggled against. He lost to Kentucky. He lost- you were twenty plus point favorites, at, and you lost to Kentucky. You can't win the Heisman. No, you can't. And then uh, it's all and- in a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you you can You just can't give it to him. You, you give it. No. You can't give it to Deshaun Watson either. If he didn't I- win it last year, he can't win it this year. I don't know. He was better last year. Yeah, I would either give it to Peppers or Hertz. Um, Pumphrey, he failed down the stretch. Um, Lamar Jackson fell down the stretch, and Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, but I mean he's he's uh, and don't, let's not talk about Baker Mayfield. Give me a no, no. He's not even the best passer in the conference. 
Baker Mayfield's a wannabe Johnny Manziel. Oh, I'm going to throw up. You can quote me on that. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. No, you know, I'd like to see Jabrell Peppers make it, A, because of all the shit-talking people are giving to him right now, which is hilarious to me. I've never seen – I don't understand where it's coming from. The guy is amazing. He's a freak. I I am shocked by the amount of trash talk the last, like, three weeks I've seen. I do not understand it at all. He is – He does it all. He is – and I'm not a Michigan fan by any stretch, but I will give respect yeah. when it's due. That guy is a yep. joy to watch. Yeah. He's- it's like I've said with, with all sports. I like Clayton Kershaw. I, I've said it with all teams that I hate. Peppers is a beast. Yep. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. And the fact that he does it at more than one position, Yep, I think it's him – this reminds me of like the year uh, Charles Woodson, those yep. types, Desmond Howard's types, like that. Yep. There's something to be said there. Yep. Uh, I agree with your Hurts analysis, big time. Totally agree with that. Uh, it doesn't hurt playing for Alabama by any means, but going up in the SEC, there's a lot to be said there. You win a in Valley Man as a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot to be said. Definitely, I'm not taking shit away from him. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, he. He's done things that most freshmen can't even dream of doing. And he's and it's not that – and he's made it look rather easy. Yeah. What I'm trying to say. Yes, he has. It, it, he hasn't really struggled doing it. Yes. And it's not like the – and it's not like they made it easy for him either. It's right. not like check downs and stuff. He's, right. he's making plays. Yeah, he's, 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 he's really good. And um, another Lamar Jackson thing, like he struggled against Duke. He yep. struggled against Wake Forest. Um, he just he struggled against Navy. Yeah, that's my point. It's like he had a handful of games. It's like you can't be the Heisman with shit like that. Yeah, my guy. If you don't give it to Peppers, because I got Peppers over Hurts. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Go, I couldn't go wrong with Hurts. I get it. But my guy, just to this is more of a to fuck. The Texas boosters is Foreman. Yeah, he's over two thousand yards rushing on a team that everyone's shitting on because of the Charlie Strong this, Charlie Strong that. He has been a monster game right. in and game out. You watch that guy, and he you just give it for a team that it's the defense's fault. That kid just it's amazing what he does. Yeah, it's not his fault. He's not out there making tackles. Yep. Um, I know that doesn't help in the Heisman argument, but <laughs> like if you just look at the numbers alone, my God, what he's done out there, it's amazing. Yep. But um, he won't get it. I'm, I'm a realist there. But uh, I hope he at least gets some recognition because he's had an outstanding season. And one question I have real quick, he did announce that he already hired an agent. So does that mean he doesn't get to play in a bowl game? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about that. I think that pretty much says I'm done. Yeah. But, all right. Let's do some quick hitting real quick and wrap this bad boy up. NFL talk. Real quick, your top six teams in the AFC. Okay. Um, I have um, number six. I have Tennessee. Number five, okay. I have Pittsburgh. Number okay. four, I have Denver. 
Number three, I have Oakland. Number two, I have New England. And number one, I have Kansas City. Okay, I have six, I have Houston. Five, I have Baltimore. And then we kind of are similar. Four, I have Pittsburgh. Three, I have Kansas City. Two, I have Oakland. One, I have New England. So near the top, we're kind of all the same. Yeah. What do you have in the NFC? Now, this could be interesting because the NFC, at least the bottom part, after the top two, I think the bottom four could be interesting. Yeah, uh, man. All right. My top team in the NFC, I'll go opposite this time. Um, yeah. We should Dallas have the Cowboys, team. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Same one. here. What's number two? Let's go the same. What's your two? I'll say my two. Seahawks. Seahawks. What's your three? Giants. I got the Falcons. What's your four? Atlanta. Let's see, my four is the Giants sort of swapped there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's your five. Uh, Washington. Mine's Detroit. What's your six? Detroit. Mine's Tampa Bay. I, my seventh. Uh, my seventh would be Washington. I, I was uh, my six and seven were Tampa Bay, Washington. I was torn on those two, but I really, really like what I've seen from Tampa Bay the last two weeks. Yeah, the, Tampa Bay. The thing with yeah. their the thing with their defense was is that the offense could not sustain sustain drives when they were on the field. Now that they have Doug Martin back and they have a really game, boom. Yep. Watch out for Tampa. Their last two weeks with Dougie Martin back, now with that defense, I tell, I'm liking what I'm seeing there. I do too. I do too. That's, that's, why, that's why I moved them up to number six, just to give them a little chance. But yeah, Washington, in, in my notes, it had Detroit, and then it said, watch out for Tampa. So Yes, yeah, I had the same thing at seven. I said – Basically, 6A and 6B were fucking Tampa Bay and Washington. <laughs> so we're pretty much neck and neck and all that stuff. Yep. But, so one last uh, NFL note. Since uh, the, I guess a good part about this being postponed, you're the New England guy. I'll let you have the floor. Would you like to grab some Kleenex real quick? You can. Um, if you'd like to um, play some violin music, I can cue that up. Um, you could you could throw your Rob Gronkowski jersey on, whatever you'd like. Um, funeral is on. The procession has started. Your season is over. Rob Gronkowski likely done for the season. How are you doing, Doc? Oh man, it's tough. But um, you know, before this, uh, before we started this pod, uh, I was just um, texting my buddies. We have like a group text, and. Um, with Gronk, I wrote this. In all, uh, in all seriousness, if I were him, I would consider retirement. Um, a back is um, nothing to mess around with. And by the time he's 50, um, he's going to have a really hard time getting around if he keeps, up, keeps this up. Um, he's a special talent. Um, I, would, I mean, I, li- I would like to see him play, but to be honest, man – I would not – it wouldn't shock me if he retired, and I wouldn't fault him for it for sure. The guy has basically – he's basically living off his endorsement money, and uh, he lives off Dunkin' Donuts endorsements. And Dunkin' Donut, uh, Dunkin Donuts sucks, by the way, but um, – actual uh, horrible coffee, horrible. But um, he's a special talent, and – but if I were him, I would I would retire because – He's not going to be able to do much at age 50 and he saved every game check from what I would from what I've heard. And they have Martellus Bennett. 
I think they're going to be fine on offense because he hasn't played much. He hasn't been that much of a factor this year. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not pressing the panic button by any means because Brady has tons of weapons as it is. But it's really sad. But if I were him, I would hang it up. I really would because I've had back problems before. Man, they're not. It's not fun. No. Nope. As a Dolphins fan, um, here's me again. No, here's no, here's me again being a realist. I feel bad for Rob Minkowski because yeah. I enjoy watching him play. He's a hell of a fucking football player. Yeah. Um, I, I too have, I have a horrible back, and every now and then it has those deals where it just my knees will buckle and I just drop to the ground and I just have to basically lay there for times because it just you can't do anything. Right, and that is no way to go through life if. I'm him. How are you going to pimp it on a boat with 20 girls around you? How are you gonna, you can't do that with a bad back, Gronk. Come on. Yeah. Think about your future, man. Um, I can't do that because I have a wife. You know, I, I don't have these things. You do. Um, you got to think about these things. Uh, the Patriots are going to be fine. I was yeah. laughing my ass off all over Twitter. Everyone's saying, oh, the Patriots are done. Oh, the, the Patriots are going to be the one or the two seed. They're going to have a first-round bye. They're going to win the AFC East. Probably going to win the AFC. Great chance of winning the Super Bowl. They're going to be okay because, like you just said, he hasn't played much at all this year. And the greatest part, I didn't check at all. Is he still on 69 career touchdowns? I think so. <laughs> how, how fucking great is that? <laughs> I am telling you, I wrote about that like three weeks ago when he did it. He has to retire. He has to. Yeah. Cause he, if anybody ever were to retire on that number, it is Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Cause if he keeps playing and his back doesn't hold up, he ain't going to be 69 on anything. Exactly. You have to like over your bed, you have the football. What is that? That's my 69th touchdown ball. Yeah. Like, this is the the legend that is Gronk. Yes. Like, but it is a shame. Like everybody was celebrating this and that. A, the Patriots are going to be fine. B, he seriously needs to think about his future here and not, um, not like just being stupid meatheady. Um, and it's great to hear about his financials. I didn't know that stuff. That that's phenomenal because you hear about too many of these idiots that just like piss their money away. And you look at how kind of meatheady he is and party animal and. If you just looked at the exterior, you'd think he's just pissing his money away. So that's uh, that's phenomenal to hear. Um, yeah, he, really- he comes from a very, very grounded really- family. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's had a lot of advice from his dad about how to handle money. He's not an idiot. That guy is – that guy's pretty sharp, and especially with his football IQ is smart. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm sure he'll be just fine. No, that is phenomenal to hear. Really, really, really good to hear. All right, let's move on to some UFC talk. Conor McGregor stripped of his featherweight title. For some reason, I thought Jose Aldo was taking it over, and now I thought he was taking it over, and now I'm seeing somewhere someone's telling me that Max Holloway is fighting for the interim title at UFC 206 for it. Am I wrong with this? No, you're right. This is a big clusterfuck. Yeah, because I've seen headlines everywhere that Jose Aldo is now the champion, but then Pettis and Holloway are fighting for the interim belt at UFC 206. Yes. 
Okay. First, what the fuck UFC? I was all about Connor having two belts. If anybody could handle two belts, it's Connor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, I get why they're doing it because in a fight game of the magnitude of UFC and most of the time after a fight, they won't, you're suspended for X amount of months. So how are you going to defend a belt so many times a year? I get the logistics. Mm-hmm. So, but if you just watched his last fight, mm-hmm. that guy could have fought the next day. Yep. And the, the way Connor fights outside of those Nate Diaz fights, I'd say at least 75% of the time, Connor could almost fight the next day. Yep. Um, now, is that always going to be the case? No. But um, I would have at least, you know, given it a chance, maybe. Because this guy sells you stuff. I, I tweeted out a deal the other day. Conor McGregor in 2016 made more money on just his pay-per-views than all of boxing combined. Yep. This guy sells shit. Mm. Wouldn't you want him on twice as many pay-per-views? Yeah. Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really want to know what they're thinking here. Uh, given, I think the weight class he's at now, the belt he just won, he looked phenomenal. He looked the healthiest he's ever looked. Uh, yeah. He looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking on it? What do you think the UFC's thoughts are? What What are you thinking on this, Doc? Okay, there's two options for Conor McGregor, I think. Um, I don't think he's going back down to, fly, uh, to featherweight. I really don't. I yeah. think he's done. Um, he's kind of proved his point there. Um, well, now his interview after uh, the, uh, the fight with the Alvarez fight, he hasn't cleared out the whole roster. The, fe- uh, the featherweights, yes, but lightweights, no. Um, in, case, um, in case he hasn't forgotten – or Casey has forgotten, excuse me, um, Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov is waiting in the wings, and Nurmagomedov has been calling him out. Now, mm-hmm. if Nurmagomedov can close the distance on Connor, he will work Connor. He will yep. he will toss him around like a rag doll. Closing the distance is another thing. Now, before 205 happened, uh, Connor was kind of uh, mixing it up with Tyrone Woodley. I think he's barking up the wrong tree because Tyrone Woodley during the press conference, he's like, we pack a bigger lunch, buddy. And if he went up the welterweight, Stephen Thompson would destroy him. Um, Woodley would beat him. And uh, he doesn't want to do that, but I think he wants to do that. And I would love to see it because I would love nothing more than to see Conor McGregor get knocked the fuck out. Yep. That is my thoughts exactly. Yeah, I, I, um, I, and I, I want to see Khabib kind of uh, throw him around like a rag doll. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so sick of his act. I understand he, he sells pay-per-views and stuff, but I'm like, I want to apologize to absolutely nobody. Whatever. I can't do the Irish accent that well. But that yeah. shit was like, you know what? I can't wait to get, see you get knocked the fuck out. I can't wait. I can't stand Conor McGregor. I, I liked him when he first came in. But man, I can't. I can't. I'm sick of his act, dude. I can't yes, that's what I was about to say. I was one of the biggest Conor McGregor fans out there, and the stick is old. This is like, 
This is one of the biggest like WWF or WWE things you've ever seen. He is turned from favorite to heel. It, yeah. uh, and maybe maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe UFC's taking a book out of the WWF and then he's gonna he'll maybe he'll lose his belts and then he's gonna turn again. Who fucking knows? Maybe this is all a D like Dana White's doing shit. Who fucking knows? Um I, t- I think Bubba, Bubba I, I tell you what. And lightweight, he's got some competition but, because not he's got oh, yeah. Nate Diaz waiting in the wings. Yep. That's what I was about to say. Is that Nate wants to fight him at 155. That's what he told him is he doesn't want him again at 170. He wants him at 155. Yeah. And, then, and at Nate at 155 is fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like 170 was one thing, but that's kind of a out of shape Nate. 155. Right. Holy fuck. <laughs> Yeah, like Jesus Christ. But Khabib, well, I would love to see that fight. But that's what Connor. Like, I'm not saying Connor. Is, I'm never gonna say Connor's scared. I'm saying Connor is. I want to say Connor's smart because he knows how to talk his shit and take the fights that if he loses doesn't make him look bad. So, like, he'll he'd rather go fight Tyrone Woodley and lose that fight than fight Khabib and lose that belt. Right, and then there's also Tony Tony Ferguson too. I would love to see that. Tony Ferguson that, is very long. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he and he would stand and bang with him. Yes, he would. He Khabib Khabib would want to go down. Yeah, but but Tony would do like what Nate did and go, okay, let's fucking scrap, let's go yep. five let's rounds, go. let's fucking bang. <laughs> yep. And oh, that would be one I'd pay fucking fifty five bucks for. <laughs> Let's go. Absolutely. Oh yeah, but and then you know it's uh, that's why I want to know. I really, really would love to know, and we never will until maybe someday when they make like that, that SNL or ESPN book someday. If the UFC and Connor have something worked out, because now Connor has a fucking boxing license and all this other shit. It's just like, there's so much shit that if this was a real organization and there was real contracts and all this stuff, if I was an employee, I couldn't get away with half the shit Connor gets away with. Seriously. Yeah. Going up late to every fucking press conference without a fine and stuff. Are you kidding me? Stupid. Like for fuck's sake, like this, none of this stuff would happen. I know. But I digress. We're got to get going here. Um, DC out at UFC 206. He had groin surgery out six to eight weeks. Is DC ever going to fight in a fucking uh, title fight? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It actually sets up for the 4th of July weekend against John Jones, though, when John Jones is reinstated. so But I, I feel horrible for Rumble now because Rumble's like, fuck you guys. I'm not going to fight some guy and risk losing. I don't blame him. No. It's like, cause if you lose, now you lose your title shot again. I don't blame him at all. But now yeah. it's like, like you said, now it sets up again with John Jones, so now Rumble doesn't get his title shot. But uh, Rumble's doing the smart thing. He's like, well, I'll go fight a guy in heavyweight. So that could be interesting. That's where Rumble should be fighting anyways. Yep. But uh, there's that. And um, uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you. It just came out the other day, too. What do you think of this Fighters Association? It's technically not a union, they're saying. But uh, – it just kind of has started. There's more to come. Do you think this is actually going to – it looks interesting, but uh, what uh, What do you think this is going to actually do? Do you think they're actually going to 
get the uh, the money they're looking for. I hope they do. I think it'd be good for them. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I know GSP is like heading it with yeah. another guy. Um, I know Cerrone's on board. TJ Dillashaw's on board. Um, Velasquez. Yeah, King Velasquez. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, yeah, I think it's great, man. I, I These fighters, man, they need – they need they need some uh, uh, what what word am I looking for? They need uh, some security. Well, no, it's a great deal. It, um, it's one of the former Bellator guys. That's the only concern I have. That's kind of heading it. Um, but they're only going after the UFC for now. Which uh, and the reasoning behind that kind of is um, they're only going after the UFC now is because originally it was the UFC's argument about only giving like eight percent of the revenue sharing to fighters is because all the money they lost initially was out of pocket, which made sense. But now that they sold out for X amount of billions of dollars, now they're not losing money out of pocket. Right. So where's, where's the revenue sharing? Well, associations like Bellator and stuff don't have that kind of revenue sharing. So that part makes sense. Um, But it was funny, like on the press conference and stuff. And like I said, I still haven't read all the details, but fighters like Ian McCall, Yep. called in on the press conference and said, how do we join? Yeah. So other, other fighters are already inquiring. Yeah. I don't blame them. I think it's good for them. Yeah. Going to be interesting. So we'll see how that goes, but that'll wrap us up. Any last words, doc? Uh, no, not really. It's going to be a very fun filled weekend for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining yet again. Um, covered a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. Um, That'll do it, folks. Episode 11, Bench with Bubba. Again, you can find Doc at positive underscore vid on Twitter. Check us out at the Sports DGens. Check out Doc's uh, Doc's Dogs yet again this week. Who was your guest this again this week, Doc? At Seawalk Bets. Very good hook. Very good guest. Cool, cool. Um, at DD Jayhoff has his five things to watch for championship weeks out. Uh, check that out. Tons of good stuff at the Sports DGens. Check us out. And again, thanks for listening. Bench with Bubba, episode 11. Check you guys later. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.